Good afternoon, this is H.T. Webster, and this is episode 21 of my podcast, Shared Consequences. I'd like to thank all my listeners, new, old, same, Um, and if you are brand new, um, I invite you to go back and listen to these in the order that they were recorded, as I'm trying to um, give you a chronological idea of where this all started and how it encompassed uh, our lives um, from that point forward. Um, So last episode we talked about the governor and I'm kind of, I'm over that right now because today I want to kind of circle back to shared consequences of the sexual abuse that took place at Afton Central School um, by David E. Curtis, the principal, with myself and what, do I, what I also allege to be um, at least seven other John Doe's. And again, for those of you that are new, I want to talk about this in the way that it framed um, the rest of our existences. Um, so I just got word that a good friend of my sister's passed away, um, who was also in my circle of whatever friends I did have back at the time when I was a teenager from Afton. He was a a, a very young, uh, 49 years old, um, sudden brain aneurysm. Uh, so this happened a couple days ago and, um, it's been difficult. Obviously my sister, you know, is, um, saddened by it. My, my, both my parents were actually saddened by it, including my father. Um, he did remember, you know, some of the good things and the good people that were in that place because it wasn't all a Stephen King nightmare. And, and there were certainly some good people. Remember I was speaking to you about those very few people that never left our side. Well, Jimmy was one of those, um, especially for my sister at the time, I, I believe. And, um, So we were all saddened by his passing. Now, I was saddened when I first heard it, you know, I thought the other day, I thought, oh man, that's too bad. But another part of the problem that I touched on in a couple prior episodes is that when you have traumatic experiences, you don't, at, at that point in your life, you don't get to pick and choose what your memories are. So not only do does your mind blank on much of the painful parts of the trauma and the abuse, but you, you miss whatever parts might have been good then at the same time also. You don't get to just decide what you do and don't remember. So <clears throat> doing this podcast actually helps me tap back into that part of my brain where it feels safe enough now for me to try to dig some of that information up. So like, as I'm telling stories about Curtis and his behavior and the trial and um, the abuse, other memories start to surface also that aren't all, or excuse me, weren't all bad. And Jimmy was one of those memories. And, um, but it took me a few days to realize that, like I didn't even realize that I had dated him for a very brief amount of time. Um, I kind of thought maybe I had, but uh, it certainly was nothing serious. And and my sister had confirmed that yes, I had briefly dated him um, after all these events took place. Uh, But he was a perfect gentleman, 
Um, I remember merely sleeping with him. Not sexual, just getting in a bed one night. I don't remember the circumstances. And we fell asleep. And, you know, I remember he did have his arm around me. and But he just let me sleep and rest. And it was not, it was, there was just nothing, mm, I don't want to say, uh, I don't know what the right word is. There was nothing of male intent about it. That much I remember. And I don't know why we got together. And I don't know why we broke up. I'm going to guess simply because I was so fucked up at that time in my life. I mean, I was just a fucking train wreck. Why anybody would even want to try to to put me, uh, you know, in their life when I was so far off the rails. But um, he was a kind soul. He was a nice nice guy, good kid, and um, of course I did not keep in touch with any of these people, um, any of these people, after the abuse took place and I left Afton when I was 15. I lost track of all these people, but <clears throat> my sister certainly has, you know, maybe not to a great extent like many people do, but I know that there was a, there was a select few, as I said, that stood by us that, you know, she tried to maintain some sort of relationship with, or even, you know, on the Facebook media, social media and such these days, just, you know, see how they're doing, even if you don't speak to them directly. I do not have any of that, um, for obvious reasons. But, you know, I was kind of, I'm almost a little bit angry now because, <clears throat> you know, now that Jimmy's passed away, it's like, fuck, you know, it's just one more thing that starts to piss me off because I don't remember enough about him to probably properly grieve as maybe I should be grieving, you know, his death. I'm not saying that I, I should, you know, be wailing away someplace, but you lose the ability to manage your emotions and manage your relationships and manage so many things in your life. And this is just a, a perfect example of another shared consequence because here's a guy I probably could have been very good friends with for the last 30 years, but I wasn't because of the fact that I chose to disappear after the trial and I lost touch with all these people purposely. Um, so I just feel like that's one more thing that the predators take away from victims. It's just another example of them exerting a power over you that forces you to make choices in your life that you otherwise wouldn't have made. You know, it's like they rob you of all your relationships, toxic or otherwise. Jimmy wasn't toxic. Jimmy was a great guy, as I said. I'm not saying that just because he's gone now. I'm saying that because he was one of the very few good ones um, that were at arm's length with us, arm's length with us at least, when all this went down. And my sister has some great stories about him um, when they were teenagers together and Afton and some of the things that they did and uh you know so I'm saddened for her my sister too because you know now it's just another loss for her from that town and she too didn't get to forge the relationships with you know her high school friends 
her select few that, you know, some people say, oh, well, we, you know, we've been friends since third grade. We don't get to say those things because of, you know, the trauma that took place and destroyed our pathway. Um, it took those things away from us. It robbed us of the opportunity to make that choice to stay lifelong friends with somebody or not. It robbed us of the opportunity to explore what these people would have been as adults. Like maybe we wouldn't have been friends as adults. Um, as late teens, they were. Clearly, I must have thought enough of him at the time that I, you know, when I was dating him, but at the same time, I can't really uh, qualify that because that statement really. I should take that back because I was just looking for a way out from Curtis at that time. So, you know, I would have done anything. So, but Jimmy was a good guy. Let's just get that clear. But there, I dated a lot of people that were not because all I wanted was out of the situation that I was in. I was trying to escape, you know, all the time. But so here's my sister now, you know, the loss of a, of a good friend that was a good friend to her years ago. And, um, but she lost, you know, she, they certainly didn't stay as close as they were back then because we all tried to put all of that behind us. And when we did that, we had to do it as a whole. We couldn't do it in pieces and pick and choose, just like the memories that resurfaced for me. You can't pick and choose. You know, I didn't get to, to just forget the bad stuff. I had to forget the good stuff also. And it took all these years later to try to get back to a place where I could maybe have a little bit of both. You know, if I was going to be healthy enough at this point in my life and, and have the right doctor and the right support unit from my family and my husband to do this podcast and, and say out loud, yes, you know, I am, a, I am a functional survivor of childhood sexual abuse perpetrated by David E. Curtis, high school principal for Afton, New York. You know, it took me a long fucking time to, to be able to say that, admit that and feel, feel its truth. You know, so it's just like one more thing that he robbed my family of and, and my, I really, you know, have um, sad feelings about that for my sister, especially because she lost out on all that stuff too, because she was living the shared consequence of what had happened to me. And like I said earlier, when you have to break away, you have to break away. There's no way to not, you know, or maybe there is a way and we didn't know it either way. It just feels like one more fucking thing that Curtis took from us because now I have to try to rely on my sister once again, who's been my memory for 30 years. She has served as my memory for 30 years. People that we ran into maybe in downtown Binghamton or something and they'd be like oh hey da, 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 and I'd be like hey and we get in the car and be like who the fuck is that because I didn't know because that was part of the memories that I blocked out completely and she would have to explain to me who these people were she'd have to explain to me I was friends with these people or that I spent the night at these people's houses or they were in my English class or on my softball team um, not all the time but the majority of the time she had to serve as my memory and by having to serve as my memory for 30 years i feel like she lost a lot of hers too 
you know? And that just pisses me off for her. Really does. But I will tell you this. This is going to be the very first time that I have voluntarily decided to go back to Afton for somebody's funeral. And it's going to be Jimmy's. And um, even two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. God forbid if Jimmy died two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. But I'm finally in a place like with my therapy, with my doctor, with my anger, with my truth, with my functioning survivalism, whatever you want to call it, in my beautiful family, my mother, my sister, my father, my nieces, and, and my husband especially, have helped me get to this place where I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid to see these people that ridiculed me. I'm not afraid to see these people who blamed me and and acted like I walked around with the Scarlet A on because, you know, I knocked over the king. Um, you know, he just had so many fucking people convinced that he was the God that he thought he was, that it was easier to blame me than to come to terms with the thought that he was a sexual predator. So I avoided that town all these years and the people in it because I didn't want to feel that anymore. I didn't want to feel that through, through their eyes. I didn't want to feel that through their stares or their murmurs under their breath. I, you know, that's another part of the identity crisis is because, okay, obviously if I think about Afton, I think about my identity in Afton was sexual abuse victim of David E. Curtis but at that time 30 years ago I was just the guy who blamed him for that it was a complete 180 for the town nobody believed me very few people believed us and I know I've mentioned that before but so that's part of my identity is I feel all that anxiety and I feel that identity as the scarlet letter um, <clears throat> with the big scarlet A on my chest you know oh there there's the one that fucked up our town you know 25 years ago we haven't forgotten um and i'm not you know and that's not fair to those people anymore either because i'm not so certain that they all still feel that way maybe they do they might not but either way that's a hard place to put yourself in you know positionally but i just i didn't even think about it. i didn't even hesitate nikki told me when jimmy's viewing was and I said I wanted to go because it's time it's time to recoup whatever I can that was good in my life back then because if I don't go and pay tribute to Jimmy my sister's friend my one of my very brief but ex-boyfriends um then that's just one more thing that curtis takes away from me and i am not up to letting him do that anymore so i'm going cheers or jeers or 
whatever. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to be, I'm going to go. I'm going to support my sister and I'm going to pay my respects to Jimmy and his family and friends because that's what Jimmy deserves. And I'm not going to let Curtis shadow anything that fucking day. We're going to do the right thing because he was not the God that everybody thought he was. Therefore, he doesn't get to continue to rule that town. Not for me or not for anybody. So, just another example of a shared consequence that my poor sister's got to suffer with. And, uh, you know, you have no idea what these people do, how far their reach is, and how long. Thank you all for listening. I did not do the crisis line numbers today because I clearly forgot. But if you need the crisis line information, um, you can either Google it on your phone or, you know, listen to my past episode. And I'll make sure I get it on there next time. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Happy Monday. And I hope you stay well.